Today, we are going to cross the Atlantic to the Ukraine, where one man has assembled a team of teachers to change the face of education. Alexander Elkin started up EdCamp, where teachers look way beyond the classroom to improve the lives and the skill set of their students. Today, he speaks to us from a war zone in Kyiv. Alexander, welcome to Believe in People. Uh, we're so thrilled that you're here. Thanks for inviting me and for having an opportunity to share the in People platform. Absolutely. Alexander, you're uh, the inspirer and chair of the board of EdCamp. Could you share with our viewers and listeners what EdCamp is all about? EdCamp is both a simple yet uh, very powerful idea, which originally was born in the States over 10 years ago and created by a very narrow circle of school educators who were tackling the issue of ineffective teachers' professional development systems, uh, mostly um, supported by governments. And since then, it became a global movement, and I'm very proud to inspire the Ukrainian family of EdCamp with the mission of uniting Ukrainian educators and supporting them in professional growth. EdCamp was born together with the Revolution of Dignity seven years ago. And currently you can observe me in the dark as we are struggling from, from power blackouts. And you can't see the details of the special hoodie I, I'm dressed in today as uh, here is the symbol of my native city. We also call it the capital of EdCamp, which is not Kiev, the Ukrainian capital, where I'm now displaced. It is Kharkiv, the second largest city in our country, uh, situated in the very east, less than 40 kilometers from borders with Russia. So I was going to ask you, why are you in the dark? So let's just get it right out there. Why are you in the dark? Because of the war, <laughs> because of this massive invasion and the new phase, uh, Russian troops started in Ukraine, bombing our uh, infrastructure on the regular basis since October. And uh, the whole country, uh, Borderless cities and small settlements are struggling with uh, not enough electricity. So currently, according to the schedule, uh, we don't have electricity at my home. And uh, the only... I have a, a candle here on my table, <laughs> giving me at least some <laughs> light uh, for you to see me. And uh, that doesn't stop. Uh, me, my team, and generally Ukrainians from doing what we can do and bringing the victory on our different frontiers, in our case, on educational one. And, and Alexander, you've united 40,000 educators in your community, uh, where every, I understand, every two schools have an ed camp educator. How did that come about? Though that is my favorite story. You know, like in many successful uh, businesses, all started from a very small investment. In my case, it was the investment to 
uh, Kindle when I bought the How to Adkin book on Amazon, and uh, I have read the uh, the idea of this innovative format, uh, which is mentioned from several years in international ratings of uh, educational innovations, and then decided to risk and bring this idea, unbelievable idea, seven years ago in Ukraine, nobody believed that educators wouldn't be sharing a very democratic, participative way with each other and grow together. So all started uh, with the first event. Uh, I can remember every of that 324 participants in the middle of 2015, when uh, we conducted our first EdCamp conference. And since then, EdCamp in Ukraine started growing. Prior to the COVID times, I tend to say this ad, that EdCamp is like a virus. You know, it gives uh, this sense of uh, being part of the community and spreading fast. Uh, and currently, as you mentioned, we are a huge family throughout all the country, united both cities and uh, small settlements across all regions. Um, are you benefiting? You're doing this to benefit the children. Tell me how the children are doing in Ukraine during this time of upheaval. Absolutely, you're right. Though we work with adults, we always keep in mind that our primary goal is to give a better perspective for a joyful, successful future of uh, the generation. As when we invest in one educator, we are actually supporting thousands of their students. And the situation uh, in Ukraine, and uh, particularly in education, is very different because it depends on the uh, region where we are now. There are regions which are occupied. I always emphasize that temporarily occupied. And I believe that all our territories uh, will come back better sooner than later to Ukraine. There are regions that used to be occupied and are currently de-occupied with a lot of laws on different levels. Lives, infrastructure, everything. There are territories which uh, were attacked, but uh, we kept uh, uh, being the part of the Ukrainian territory. So it depends a lot on the on the place we are in. I can share with you some figures. Uh, it's quite a fresh statistics from our parliament, head of committee on education and science that we have in Ukraine, just imagine 2,800 uh, education institutions damaged and about uh, 350 uh, totally destroyed. And generally, in Ukraine, we have 16,000 schools. This is just to feel what is happening uh, with the houses of education. 
but the most important thing is uh, connected with people. Uh, there are a lot of internally displaced people. For instance, my family I'm, is an example. Uh, I'm a father of the wonderful girls and the eldest. Uh, she's a first grader, so it, it was her first year uh, in elementary school. A lot of families uh, flee Ukraine from other countries and are staying within other educational systems. You can find in Ukrainian reality all kinds of education. In some places offline, who are privileged to have this opportunity. In places like Kharkiv, we have online schooling available as the only option, or some schools tend to choose the blended learning approach. There are a lot of challenges and issues, both on soft and hard uh, parts. Um, I can go for many details here, but what I like to say is, you know, maybe you are aware of this possibilist approach, approach of people who believe in progress and that more progress is possible, that Ukraine is receiving a chance to rethink its education in particular, and not only rebuild the past, but try to think about the future and recover for it. Mm -hmm. And Alexander, what was uh, missing from the educational system in your opinion? It's a good question. Uh, I think we still miss this prioritization uh, on the government level. Generally, not only in Ukraine, I think this is like a global tendency that uh, we need to approach education as a sphere uh, of investment, not uh, the sphere where we just uh, uh, lose our resources, as this is the future, it should be in the priority. And I think uh, it should become among the top spheres, right after our victory, uh, investing in uh, human capital. And this is, I think, the most important thing. Uh, of course, buildings are important, textbooks are important, all material things, are, like technology or internet connection or electricity, of course, they are all important. But the most important thing and the key are the people. The people who are making the learning experience possible every day. You talk a lot about uh, sort of an inclusive atmosphere within the schools. You also mentioned the word joy earlier, joy uh, for the children who are learning. Perhaps what you're referring to is you want to make learning fun, um, but you also want to be inclusive. You want to include the whole family and the whole community in raising the next generation. I'm, I'm wondering why you've decided to sort of go that route as opposed to books and buildings. You know, 
when we started AdCamp and the community began to grow, two years later, we were invited to join a very unique group of people who were working on uh, the reform on education. We call it the new Ukrainian school reform. It's a competence-based reform, which is focused on uh, skills for the 21st century uh, with the joy among the ideas uh, we want to come one day. And uh, within this reform, on a very conceptual basis, there is the idea of pedagogy of partnership. Though, of course, a student is in the center of the system and he or she uh, so the whole system serves the students, the kids, and the youth. But this is a task not only of educators or school administrators. This is also a task of parents. This is also uh, a responsibility of communities. So it's uh, a, a common good, uh, a joint effort. and. Uh, Schools in Ukraine are tending more and more to become like an important players in the community line, like community centers. And uh, of course, we need to be aware that uh, when we are receiving our educational experience, we learn not only within school classes, but also in other places, including the family and uh, the community. So everything influences the results. This is why we tend to uh, not only believe, but to praise this pedagogy of partnership approach and uh, to make it happen in education. I can give you just a, an example. Uh, as EdCamp is much more than just the format of professional development here in my country. This is uh, like a powerful um, inspiration for many other initiatives, like the social and emotional program uh, we call C-Learning, Social, Emotional, and Ethical Learning Program, we are implementing in our country uh, since 2019, even before the war. And the key uh, idea of this program is to teach the social and emotional skills, which are also called the soft skills, uh, to students. And this is a quite a challenging task. Uh, and not only educators are involved uh, in such a uh, uh, program, but also parents and school administrators, the whole community. And Alexander, given the, the fact that you've had to be really adaptive, you know, given the circumstances that you're in, how are you doing that? How are you maintaining your inspiration for yourself? I mean, how are you maintaining that that positivity, if you will? Yeah. And thanks, Sammy, especially for this question. Uh, I can reformulate it. What is the secret of Ukrainian resiliency? Uh, <laughs> You know, we are always <laughs> discussing that uh, uh, 
every day new challenge arrives. Today it is with electricity. Uh, uh, some time ago it was with drones, for instance, in Kiev. And you never know what will be uh, waiting for you tomorrow uh, with this war. And uh, as I mentioned, this possibilist approach, when you see the progress and believe that more progress is possible, I tend to practice gratitude every day in my life, at least twice a day. When I stand up and recollect what brings me up every morning and in the end of the day, uh, I say thank you to very basic things. So this is one of the lessons learned from the war, uh, to be grateful for very simple things in your life. For having a chance and being staying with your relative, uh, your relatives, not being divided, as uh, you know, in many cases, Ukrainian families are unfortunately divided. Uh, as uh, women and children, some of them are staying abroad, hopefully temporary. This is not the case for my family. I'm very grateful for this. Uh, being in a safe place, having electricity time to time. Uh, you know, I was struggling for over a month to get connected to the internet, which is not dependent on the electricity. And I'm so happy to enjoy this opportunity uh, the last week and uh, having a chance to plan at least uh, my work duties and conversations like today's exchange. So many, many things which we take for granted in our lives, they're actually not. And uh, the war shows how we are all interdependent. It's not the Ukrainian war. Like it was not the Chinese virus. It's our planet challenges. They, we suffer all of them in a way. And I think we need to be united uh, and try to do something together. And I am very thankful for, for the support we, we feel from the states, from many other countries of democratic world in these current days. Mm -hmm. So gratitude is my answer. Gratitude. Are you grateful for the children? What are children teaching you in these horrific times? They are teaching me that you can you can continue feeling happiness and joy even when you are going through the hardships of life. Emma, who is a first grader, I mentioned to her. She's six years old. Every morning she says that she is so happy to go to school. And she's so excited about meeting her class peers every day. You know, sometimes we wake up with sirens because there is a, the alarm. It's because of the probability of being bombed. 
and we don't go to school these days. And Emma is very frustrated when it happens. When, the, when there is no alarm, uh, we go to school. And there is so many pure joy in your experience. And this is something, this is a lesson I'm learning from my daughters. Feeling the happiness every day, even in this challenging situation. Yeah. And, and Alexander, what are you most, for the work that you've done, you've done a lot of work with government and at camp, what are you most proud of to date? I'm proud of many things, but the most important one is the African family. So these educators who have this special connection, horizontal ones across the whole country, from all regions, how this network is supported, we we had an opportunity to fill it with our own story of escaping from Kharkiv in the first weeks of the massive invasion phase, how they opened their homes, how they were supporting IDPs, the internally displaced people, how they helping the territorial defense, the army, how they are volunteering. So doing not only their professional duties, but also serving the community and the family and helping each other. Sometimes I think that the whole AdCamp idea was to prepare us for this particular experience. And this is the most thing I'm proud for, for having this huge family, which is value-driven. You know, we have a special initiative. We call it My War, The Lessons. This is a campaign, both informational campaign and crowdfunding campaign. The informational part is about sharing the stories of educators, the stories of this, I can say the heroism of continuing doing what you can in a very sometimes hard circumstances from occupation, conducting lessons from underground, being displaced with poor connection, but keeping these relations with kids. So we collected all these stories and made them available both in English and Ukrainian to share the reality, but not to, you know, articulate on the hardships, but on the lessons we can learn from this. Because whole life is actually the it consists of the challenges of different ones. And all of them are intended to make us stronger and learn our lessons. So they are sharing the lessons they have learned on personal level, on school level, and even the lessons for humanity. So I will be very happy to share the link to this set of interviews afterwards. So yes, my answer is a family. But if you ask me about the, the government-related stuff, uh, I can say that AdCamp 
did a lot to work together with the Ministry of Education and Science of Ukraine and its institutions. For some terms, I have been serving as an advisor for the different ministers. We reformed the co-way how educators grow profession in Ukraine. Uh, now the whole system is uh, decentralized. Uh, the the bureaucratized, the bureaucratized, and uh, we bring we brought more integrity to the whole process and gave the right to educators to decide on their side where in what topics and with whom they want to become better. And this is a huge change for our country, and I'm very proud of this innovative way of. Development. I don't think I've ever had the opportunity um, to speak someone who is in the dark in a war zone and have uh, such an enlightening conversation in the dark. But every week, Amy and I uh, ask our guest uh, a very simple question, and again. You are, your country has been invaded. Uh, you have described the sorts of things that are taking place there. And yet you tell us stories of hope. My question to you is, Alexander, why do you still believe in people despite what's going on? That was the question my mother asked me used to ask a lot of times how <laughs> i am continue believing in people <laughs> when seeing a lot of examples of not good be behavior uh, it will be the first time i'm i will be mentioning this concept of being the possibilist you know we tend to stay negative in many ways and not seeing the progress around us. Uh, the war teaches me also to see even a small progress, a small progress of uh, brave and outstanding Ukrainian army when they are uh, bringing back our territory, meter by meter, a small progress of our educators who are bringing more and more children back to the Ukrainian educational system independently of the place where in. And uh, I tend to, to still, you know, be focused on that progress uh, in what I see around me in the people uh, from my very narrow circle and in the people of my nation and generally globally, I think that what the even international politics is demonstrating, is demonstrating, like even with intentions to reform UN, for instance, because it's hard to sit in several chairs at once, these are the good tendencies. Uh, I also like the words of Edmund Burke, 
who said that if good people would do nothing, the evil will win. So this is why I still believe in these good people. You know, in our community, we have a symbol. It was a symbol which was born due to our educators, and uh, it symbolizes them. So they call themselves as, uh, in English, there is a phrase, a black sheep. We say it in Ukraine, like a white cow. <laughs> it's because they are in a way different. And sometimes it is hard for them, you know, to be that source of innovation, source of change. It's not the role of majority. So ad campers, they are like a trendsetters. And I think that in every of us, there is a white and black sheep, white and black crowd living, good and bad. And I always believe that the good part will win. Thank you. Thank you so much, Alexander, for being on Believe in People. We're grateful. May I ask Likewise. one more thing before we let you go? That is, uh, I don't. Sure. Do you have any any message for for the Ukrainian diaspora out there in the world today? You want to give a short message in Ukrainian for anyone who's listening? Uh, I can make it uh, in English first. For those who are listening to us in this language and then uh, uh, shift to the Ukrainian, I think that those Ukrainians who are now, due to different reasons, not experiencing uh, this situation in our own country, have also a huge opportunity to look at the way how other nations are organizing their life, including education, to express their gratitude for receiving this support Ukrainians have from a lot of countries and people, to learn from them and to bring this experience back to Ukraine one day to help our country recover. And as I mentioned, to recover not to the past version of Ukraine, but for the version of the future. Дорогі українці, українки, які нас слухають, особливо ті, які зараз змушені за різними причинами перебувати за кордонами нашої держави, вам теж нелегко. Я це особисто усвідомлюю. Я бажаю вам якнайшвидшого повернення до мирної України. Будьте вдячні тим, хто приймає вас, допомагає на місцях. Вчіться, цінуйте те, що є в Україні, і повертайтеся з цим новим досвідом, щоб ми могли відбудовувати нашу дорогу, рідну державу. Ми всі, я думаю, усвідомили, що Незалежність не отримують, її здобувають. I guess uh, I'm supposed to say 
Diakuyu Toby. Is this correct? Thank you. Tak, ja wam też dziękuję. Thank you so much. Uh, I enjoyed this exchange a lot and I want to wish luck with the wonderful mission of your podcast series. Thank and you, Alexander. Luck, luck and hope and peace to your family and your family beyond. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Well, Kevin, uh, Alexander's a, I found is an incredibly thoughtful human being and he looks to the good in very tough situations and really looks for solutions. Uh, and I'm really inspired by what he's trying to do within the community, um, particularly during really, uh, well, wartime. And uh, he's, uh, he, he is an inspirer. That's, he really is. I guess when he's, you know, he talks about Ed Camp uh, and the organization, and despite the fact that there's a war going on and his country has been invaded, he still refers to his group, his family, his extended family, you know, as translators. And it's just so clear from from meeting this fellow that that he's a translator for good. And uh, we we hope and pray that he and his family remain safe throughout all this. And, and of course, the thousands, hundreds of thousands of millions of students who are caught up in this, in this horrible conflict. <laughs> If you want to meet more interesting people like Alexander, or you want to explore other parts of the world with Amy and I, please uh, subscribe to our podcast, Believe in People. Um, it's available everywhere. And uh, don't you give up hope either. Thank you.